All right. Welcome. It is Beyond the Bar podcast, episode eight. Um, we're fresh off the uh, Labor Day holiday here and uh, ready to, uh, to get back to work, get back to training, and uh, get back to having some good fun this week. I got my co-host, Coach Aaron Davis, here with me. Hello. Um, and we're going to... Uh, we're going to get back onto some Q&A that, that we took last week and we kind of covered uh, on our last podcast. We have a few more cu- questions that we can cover from that um, from that list. And then we will uh, we'll also talk about some new and exciting stuff that we got coming up in the gym, um, particularly some new programs that Aaron's been working real hard on and uh, going to uh, kind of be rolling out this month and, and the coming fall. Um yeah, so that's kind of the game plan. How was uh, how was Labor Day, man? How was your weekend? Man, it was good. Just uh, nice, relaxing. Got uh, a little bit of work in, so it, uh, it's nice. Not supposed to work on Labor Day, man. Hey, on the couch, <laughs> it's time to get to work. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, cool. So here's here's some of uh, some new stuff that's going on, or some some stuff to kind of be aware of coming up this weekend. Um, we've got our pub run coming up, the superheroes and villains pub run. Um, for those of you guys that are they're new at CFA, that's always one of our uh, most popular and most enjoyable uh, social events that we do. We uh, go out there and uh, dress up like, I mean, gosh, we've been, I've been a turkey. I've been, that um, we've done risky business where everybody wore a white short shirt and underwear, basically. Uh, we did 80s, um, all kinds of stuff. So this time, the the costume, the apparel is superheroes and villains. So use your imagination. Um, we'll meet at the uh, the water coolers under the South First Bridge um, down at Town Lake around six forty five, and then we will uh, basically run our route. We've got a set route that we've done for geez almost four years now. Um, just uh, just a, a heads up if you're not really interested in doing much running, it is very short runs from bar to bar. Um, so there is always a crew, um, there's a crew that usually starts walking and a, there's definitely a crew that finishes walking. So, uh, uh, so don't, uh, don't be intimidated by the, the running aspect. Um, you got your costume yet? Uh, I don't have my costume yet. I just spent the entire weekend in Chicago at a wedding. So I'm, uh, I'm behind on my costume shopping right now, but I'll throw something together. I've got, I've got some stuff back in the, uh, you know, in the archives there at the house that I can, I can, uh, make work. So. Um, so yeah, so don't forget pub run. We'd love for as many people that can to come out and, and have a good time. We kind of talked about our core values and fun is, was the final core value that we, uh, that we came up with. And this is definitely the, uh, uh, the definition of fun. Um, also coming up this weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, uh, coach Chad Vaughn and his colleague, David Durant, um, are putting on their two-day Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics seminar. Um, there's still spots available for that. Uh, a really a great opportunity um, to learn from two Olympic-level athletes um, in their specialty. Both of these guys have been um, working on their sport and their craft for, oh goodness, Chad, for at least 20 years. I would, I would not be surprised if... Uh, if uh, or close to 20 years if, if David wasn't the same. So um, both of these guys are Olympic caliber athletes that want to um, kind of give some knowledge and, and uh, teach some folks more about the craft. Uh, Olympic weightlifting for all you cro- and gymnastics for all you CrossFitters out there is um, always the number one thing that people struggle with, just the actual skill aspect of, 
um, being able to put a lot of weight over your head or um, get yourself over on top of a ring or do a handstand push-up or whatever it may be. Um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, they, I think this is only the second one. Um, I think they only do like three of these, three or four a year. So, uh, so jump on that if you haven't yet. Um, we're going to have those guys here all weekend. It should be a great time. Um, other announcements, uh, those of you guys that were in the, the AM, uh, morning classes, the AM classes today, got to meet our new, uh, our new, our brand new coach, coach Andrew Key. Um, Andrew's coming over from CrossFit Dallas Central. He was up there for the last, uh, two years and, um, decided to make the, the move down to Austin and he's going to be joining the staff. He's a great coach, lots of experience, um, good athlete, great athlete too. He, uh, Andrew and I actually played football together at Texas A&M, so, uh, He's got a, uh, a wealth of experience, and uh, he's uh, just a, a fun guy in general to, uh, to have a class with. So uh, if you haven't met him yet, introduce yourself, get to know Coach Key. He's a, he's a good guy. He's going to be a good one for us on the staff here. Um, I think that's all the announcements. Any other announcements that you can think of? Uh, probably just a little bit of our South Side stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, that program's starting to rock and roll a little bit. I know we have people from the South Side Strength that's kind of been our diehard uh, from the very beginning uh, when that program started, way back when uh, Shane was here. Uh, still got some of those guys rolling around, getting more in that program as well. I know Southside Barbell is picking up uh, with Thomas right now as well. Uh, we also have the Southside Performance. A lot of my um, former clients are going over to that uh, this month. Those programs are kind of all going underneath one umbrella right now, Southside Athletics. Uh, it's going to be me and Thomas's little laboratory, I guess, uh, to kind of tweak and, um, you know, really, uh, I think, make athletes do extraordinary things in the sense of, I know a lot of times, a lot of coaches like working with great athletes. It's going to get us an uh, opportunity to really develop a lot of our athletes from the ground up and really do some special things and kind of tweak the programs and, uh, really see some cool results. Mm -hmm. Also, too, we're going to put a lot of informational stuff out. I know Thomas and I are both really passionate about getting more info out, and I think uh, this will definitely give us a platform for us. So um, all of our athletes will definitely, uh, their knowledge base and also their their exercise science background and their their, even their exercising, uh, hopefully we'll be taken to the next level. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. So, yeah, so tell us, tell me a little bit more, uh, Aaron. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, I like to think of the, the Southside Athletics as a little bit more um, uh, goal and program driven than just kind of the, the, the group driven type of, of training. What's, uh, what, are, what are some things, what are some, some kind of the, the aspects of that program that, that you think is going to really kind of make it stand out, make it different, make it better? Well, you know, I think from my end on the sports, on the like, performance side, we're working with CrossFitters who want to maybe just go out and compete in CrossFit or do well in the Open. Uh, we're going to have a periodized uh, program leading up to the Open, which should be the fittest at the Open. But also, too, uh, really in CrossFit programming, if you think about what a lot of people like to try to do is add, add, add. I'm really trying to find a way to go quality over quantity to try to find exercises, big exercises that are going to build people structurally that's going to transfer to all the movements. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of quality. There's going to be a lot of nitpicking on form to make sure things are just right. People stay injury-free. But not only that, too, but make athletes do simple things but make it look complex uh that's something that i think uh you know i haven't seen from my athletes and i really want my athletes to do it in other words uh when doing workouts you know i mean uh, I've, I've heard of stories of a guy doing a workout with like you know 20 rounds of 
you know, simple things like lunges. And some people are like, well, I can do that workout with me walking lunges. But he has 53-pound uh, kettlebells in each hand. He's doing that workout. That's a simple movement, but it looks complex. I really like for our athletes to be able to handle not, not a workout like that per se, but stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when people walk in and see us working out, uh, they are somehow amazed by, say, a 115-pound girl being able to deadlift two and a half times her body weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, and we're really going to kind of check some balance in it from the standpoint of our coaches, me and Thomas. I mean, mm-hmm. we will test, retest. We'll keep on tweaking mm-hmm. uh, to the point where we've figured out that we can, or hopefully we can, kind of have a perfect product. Very cool. And you've got kind of multiple tracks within the, the context of the, the Southside Athletics. Tell me about that, kind of how, how, does, how does everybody fit in in terms of their different goals? Yeah, you know, I think when somebody comes in, if you really want to be stronger, like really good base strength, uh, maybe if you're a guy, you just want to like put on some muscle. If you're female, maybe you really want to get strong enough so that you can really tackle some of the CrossFit higher gymnastic movements. I think Southside strength is going to be perfect. I mean, that's the old kind of strongman, deadlift, power clean, squat, uh, you know, just picking up heavy shit, really. Um, yeah. That's really good for, for Southside strength. Southside barbells, Thomas is competitive. Uh, we're trying to get people into being more technically sound Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a very sound program going on there, and plus with his coaching, uh, I don't really think you can beat it if you're really competitive, if you really want to have this program that you really want to see yourself develop in. Uh, so as uh, specifically Olympic weightlifting, yeah, 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 weightlifting, or yeah, or even somebody who wants to just drop in there and uh, just you know for maybe a period of twelve weeks just to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's going to be great uh, learning tool and, and a program for them. Uh, the Southside performance is going to be a little bit uh, broad in the sense uh, that we'll have maybe a couple tracks going. I know we'll have like a speed track going for athletes who just want to get athletic, do athletic things, uh, lift heavy weights, but also on the sense of not lifting so many heavy weights that they lose their athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you lift heavy weights too much, you just end up being slow but strong. We want to make sure that people are very fast and powerful, and that track is going to be for that. Uh, there will also be that performance track, or we call it structure, um, and it's really just the structure phase uh, for a CrossFit competitor or a CrossFit person who wants to compete on the weekends for, mm-hmm. for CrossFit. Um, and the structure program is literally the base phase uh, that we'll be running for about three months, um, that athletes can go and really get a good foundation for CrossFit or CrossFit-like uh, workouts so that we can now build upon that as we get closer to the Open. More so to be a competitor. Competitor, yeah, uh, you know, or to do better in the Open. Uh, I know some people get really kind of adamant about that. They want to see the, the changes from year to year, uh, and that program will really be dictated to, uh, to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a, a, a sub program in there for, for balance, for getting people's, as, you know, if they are uh, lacking a, a asymmetries in their body or movement, uh, we'll have a program that they can run and like really kind of rehab into getting into that structure program. Mm-hmm. So that balance program will be kind of the first foot in the door. Let's clear up some of these things. Very standardized, really working on low back, core, uh, shoulder, uh, mobility, stability, uh, and then that will could always lead into the structure program. Gotcha. So kind of that quality piece that you're talking about, people are, they're a little beat up or, sure. or have some, some injuries that they're dealing with. That's a good place to, yep. to, to kind of get themselves back yep. up into, to fight and shape. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would say so. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're excited about that. Um, you know, we've, we've been working on that for really the last two months or so. And, um, like you said, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. We've got some, him and Thomas have been working on a lot of informational videos, a lot of, uh, content for the website and things like that so just kind of keep your, your eyes peeled for, for that 
Um, on my side of things, uh, I'm doing another eight weeks of our level two, or excuse me, our performance program. I, I got to get it back on the on the right the right track there. Um, and uh, just kind of a lowdown. I know a lot of you guys have asked to kind of keep you uh, uh, kind of in the loop in terms of what our goals are and what we're going to do and, and why we're doing different things. And so, uh, so this first four weeks um, through September are going to really focus on. Um, so we're cycling back around into kind of a strength cycle. Um, and so obviously general strength is going to be a priority. Um, we'll be doing a, a lot of strength work, doing a little bit more volume on the strength side of things. Um, to start things off for at least the first two weeks, and we'll kind of see how it goes from there, um, I'm going to really try to make a concerted effort to focus on squatting mechanics and just your, the movement quality in the, the actual squat. Um, so we're not going to weight you up too much in the squat. We're going to kind of give you a break from that for – for the next two to three weeks, but we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, um, some squat therapy on the wall, some, some goblet type squats, a lot of eccentric work um, where you're having to hold uh, slower slower tempos going down into the bottom shot. Just to kind of reprogram everyone, I, one of the things I saw as we were kind of getting through um, with, uh, oh, what's the overhead squat that we did, that we tested? Nancy. Nancy. Nancy and uh and just realized that we needed to, to kind of cycle back to that and just spend a little bit more time improving a little bit of those squatting mechanics for some of you guys. And so, uh, um, so that's going to be one of the, the main focuses I have. Um, with that, on the strength side of things, we're going to really focus on posterior strength. Um, so um, developing that, uh, that strong hip hinge, um, a lot more work through the, the glutes and hamstrings, so you can expect a, a good amount of RDLs, uh, deadlifts, kettlebell swings, things like that. Uh, that are going to help to activate and, and strengthen um, that posterior chain so we can uh, kind of balance a lot of us out. Um, I'm seeing a lot of folks that are, are – we always see a lot of folks that are very anteriorly dominated as they come in, um, but uh, uh, we're going to kind of focus our strength work through the uh, through this first couple of weeks of the cycle on, on, the, on your backside, right? Um, and then the last thing we're going to do is, is going to, we're going to do a little structural balance work as well. So like I said, we're going to lay off the squats for a while and do a little bit more single leg work. So working side to side so we can, we can be balanced um, and just developing some strength outside of that squat in the, uh, in, in the lower body. So lunges, split squats, and things like that will be a, a, big, uh, a big piece of kind of the strength piece moving forward for the next, uh, the next three weeks here. Um, so I'm excited. Um, we're going to kind of get into some, some new stuff. It's good to kind of – I know we, we spent a lot of time uh, pounding the pavement for the last four weeks in that conditioning phase, and so you'll, you'll have a little bit more strength work. We'll still obviously be in a, in a uh, kind of a holding pattern on conditioning, so you can expect uh, shorter, faster workouts, six- to eight-minute type stuff where, um, where we're just getting some maintenance work on your conditioning stuff so we can, uh, we can really focus on, on developing the strength side of things. So, cool. yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. All right. Um, so once again, our I like to call we'll call them our our producers or our directors. I, I don't even know what it actually is, but um, some of the uh, the other folks on on staff of Sharon and, and Boone specifically keep on telling us we need to keep things down to uh, thirty minutes on the podcast. So we're going to try to get through a couple of questions today. We got three on the list from. Um, from from last time, kind of spill over from last time, and then um, and then we'll we'll try to keep this under at least under forty five minutes today. Definitely yeah, try to try to be close to thirty minutes. <laughs> um, so number one, uh, we had someone ask, 
what the top three reasons people don't have over a 200-pound snatch are. And um, so I'm going to kind of take that. I'm going to turn around. And uh, I think the main question in there is what are the – why does a snatch seem to, to plateau so easily, right? I feel like you've got certain exercises that you can – continue to improve, continue to improve, continue to improve. But the snatch is one of those exercises where it just seems like people get stuck. For sure. Um, and so uh, so we want to talk about that a little bit and then talk about some some ways we can improve that. So, Yeah, I think the, you know, I think the number, I don't know, I guess one and two would be, one, the catch position, the overhead position. I think a lot of people struggle with that, um, where maybe they can hit it in a slow kind of controlled uh, overhead position or, or work them work themselves into that position if they're just doing overhead squats. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another thing of being explosive and dropping down and then catching the bar and then settling yourself. Uh, I mean, mobility is obviously huge with that. Mm-hmm. Ankle flexibility, hips, shoulders. I mean, you kind of run the gamut when it comes to uh, mobility in that overhead squat. In fact, we probably could talk 45 minutes just on the overhead squat. Uh, Check Coach Thomas's article on the overhead squat. Sure. You'll see three reasons why people plateau in their snatch right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and like I said, and then Thomas would be a great person to pick uh, his brain as well on this. Uh, so, you know, the overhead squat, I would think, is one. That, you know, how good is your overhead squat? How sound are you in the bottom? I mean, I know even uh, Chad Vaughn has his athletes sometimes sit in that overhead bottom uh, squat for minutes. So, um I mean, that's just a little training tool to get that overhead squat. How comfortable are you there? Maybe you are comfortable there. Maybe you are even sound uh, in that overhead squat. I would say the next would just be your pulling mechanics from the floor. Uh, I always believe there is a ceiling uh, when it comes to techniques. In other words, somebody has maybe, you know, decent technique, but it can get them to a certain level, and then that's it. Uh, no matter how strong they get on their auxiliary stuff, squatting or whatever else, you know, maybe they might inch up in that snatch, but at the end of the day, there's always this kind of glass ceiling on that technique they have. Mm-hmm. It might work for a little bit, but it's not going to get you to that next level. Um, I think first thing, you have to refine that technique, improve that technique, and then all of a sudden, you will then um, have huge jumps. I uh, am working with an athlete right now who is snatching about 115 kgs, uh, and, you know, me and Thomas were looking at his videos the other day, and his pool uh, is so bad that no matter what he does, he is always going and chasing after that bar uh, and really bringing his hips to the bar. So the bar to his hips, it's, uh, it's a problem. He's a strong dude. He has a great pull and a sense of strength and power, but uh, it's not translating for him to get any better. So he keeps on plateauing at, like, 115. He can't add. When really, uh, you know, Thomas was telling me he should be 125 kg, you know, snatch. Yeah. Uh, guy. So, um, but he plateaued with that technique. It's the same thing. We see it at the gym all the time. If you can get to a certain, you know, uh, weight, but then after that, you have to really hone in on that technique and, and make sure that your firing sequences are, are in order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from kind of a, a, a general standpoint, this is how I see it. I see it as uh, number one, I, I, I feel like there's about three levels of, of the snatch. Um, number one, like you talked about, is that overhead squat or that catch position. Um, and so when we look at the squat, the overhead squat, the loaded overhead squat is the most difficult position to get in, squatting position to get into, right? So um, so it's very highly demanding of your flexibility, your, your, your core and your trunk strength, um, shoulder stability, um, all those things. So we'll see, I'll see people that come in and actually are very mobile and very flexible and can get into that position 
and they love the snatch, right? Or they love the overhead squat because they, they get into it. And, and unlike other people who have, maybe you have a shoulder mobility issue, maybe you have some mobility in, in external, in, in the hips, right? Or maybe you have some trouble maintaining that upright torso. Um, that person that automatically can jump on there and get into that great overhead squat position is already going to be an advantage on the, on the, the snatch. For sure. Now, two, so you take that same person, and then what we see is kind of like Aaron said is a lack of technique or coordination, right? So um, the bar traveling from the ground, the greatest distance it can in your hands in one motion is um, probably the most demanding coordination exercise that that we have Um, it's definitely the most demanding um, coordination exercise that we have that pertains to the barbell Uh, you could you know maybe make an argument for some of these uh, advanced gymnastics movements in crossfit but uh i would say um you would be hard pressed to to find a a a more uh, demanding movement um from a coordination standpoint uh than a snatch and so it's uh it's kind of like uh, the guy that can do, you can do a back bend or you can do a back flip, right? It's going to take a lot more coordination to learn how to do a back flip than it is to, to do a, uh, uh, like a bridge or, sure. or something that's, that's a little bit, little less dynamic and, and less, uh, less demanding from a coordination standpoint. Um, and then a lot of times you'll see folks that, that start to really hone in on that technique and get better. And then it's just becomes a strength issue like anything else. So, um, and, you know, it's kind of a unique position because you have to build some specific strength in, in that overhead squat, in that kind of wide, wide hand, wide grip um, pulling position. And so it's, it's a process. So, so even if you've got two of the three, you're always going to be kind of, uh, you're going to be, you're always going to be working against one of those three things that you have to get better. And I, you know, in that priority, once you, you got to get to the positions, you got to be able to coordinate the positions. And then just like anything else, you got to be able to strengthen and, get better at those positions so um so i think just with the combination of, of all those different things and just the fact that you know you've got all those different facets of it that you have to get better at it's just this logic tells you that it's just yeah. going to take a little bit more time whereas a deadlift is just it's lifting a, gr- a bar from the ground to your hip sure. you know there's there's not any really coordination there there's no flexibility demands um all that really is it's just pure raw 100% Colombian grade strength right there, you know, it's, it's sure. there's, uh, there's, there's not a, there's not a lot to it. Not to say that doesn't take a lot of work as well to, to make yourself a really good deadlifter, but, um, just from the, the multifaceted standpoint, it's a, it's a much simpler lift. Same way with the squat, same way with, uh, with like a bench press or press. For sure. And uh, if you start looking at like motor learning, I think a lot of times people come in and they treat the snatch like a deadlift in the sense that, well, if I jerk it off the floor, which now you're supposed to jerk off the floor in deadlift, but if I put more speed on the bar early, it's going to help me later in that movement. Mm-hmm. When in reality, that's usually the thing that's going to shoot them in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't just go at the bar and just try to rip it off the floor. Uh, there has to be a period of learning the motor patterns to do it correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, honestly, that's a huge thing. I think sometimes we see people who struggle in the snatch stay on the snatch or maybe they do extra work in the snatch even in the fatigued state and they are just literally reinforcing bad movements if you want to get good at the snatch make sure you do more perfect reps maybe slower or maybe from the hang or from the hip uh rather than doing it over and over and over and over and over again to the point of uh, fatigue and then all of a sudden you're just reinforcing the whole bad mechanics right you know we see that quite a bit yeah, and you know, I, I like to think of, and actually I think Mike Bergner was the guy 
that I heard this from first, but he compared Olympic weightlifting to golf. And I'm, I'm kind of into golf right now, as you know. Senior, uh, senior, senior tour. tour, yeah. My, my 20-year <laughs> goal is to make the senior tour. Um, so uh, slow start to that so far, but we're getting better. Got so, some time. Got some time, right? <laughs> long-term goals, long-term goals. Um, but uh, for any of you golfers out there, you think about it. You think about, you know, like a guy like Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods or, you know, or really any, any professional level golfer. Like, what do you do? do? Do those people just go out and, like, play round after round after round of golf? No, they, you know, they go to the driving range. They hit all their clubs, you know. They, they work on their shot. They work on their short game. They work on, you know, putting. They work on all these different facets of the game of golf. And, and the sum of that whole is really what allows them to kind of display that on the, the bigger stage in, in an actual round of golf or tournament or whatever it may be. Um, and so you look at a, a movement like a snatch, it's like, well, there's not – you know, there's not all these, not as many different facets, but in terms of like a singular movement, like it's, it's like the golf of movements. It's like you have to, you have to be flexible. Not only you have to be flexible, you got to be flexible in the ankles, you got to be flexible in the hips, you got to be flexible in the shoulder girdle, in the thoracic, right? Um, even the wrist, right? People that have, um, you know, we see a lot of people where that are tight through the forearms and the wrist, and that that contributes to not being able to get in that good overhead position. Um, so that's kind of like. It's kind of like your short game, right? Sure. Drive for show, putt for dough, right? So, so the same thing, right? It, you just waste your time if you can't get into those good positions. Um, same way with golf. If you can't putt, it doesn't matter if you can hit it all the way down the, the driveway if you four-putt every time, right? Absolutely. And then the strength and coordination piece is kind of like yeah, that's, the, that's, that's hitting your irons and your driver, right? you got to... You know, you got to blast it down there. You got to keep it in the fairway. You can't be shanking it all over the place, right? You got to have those basic kind of pieces in there. So, um, so when you look at some of these complex lifts, it's almost like it's more—it's a better analogy or better comparison to talk about like a golf shot or a basketball or shooting a three-pointer or something like that than it is what you know what it what it looks the most like, which is like a deadlift or a squat or something like that. Just because there's so much so many multiple uh, kind of layers to, to the extra, yeah. extra, extra. So, so if I had one tip to, for somebody that was going to, um, going to improve their snatch, right? Um, kind of like we said, let's start with the, the flexibility thing. Do you have, can you get into a very just rock bottom, upright torso overhead squat position and, and hold a bar or uh, a reasonable amount of weight over your head? That's number one. Once you got that down, you know, we can, obviously you're going to be working on the coordination piece anyways, but, you know, if, if you got that down and it's good and you say, okay, check that off the list, check your coordination, check your t- technique, check your mechanics. Are you, are you mechanically sound? Is your technique sound on it? And then if all those things are in place, then, then it's just time to get stronger, bro, sure. right? And yeah. that's, again, that's, that's, the, that's a marathon. It's not a sprint in terms of building strength. You got... You know, spend a long. People spend a long time doing that. I've been lifting weights since I was 14 years old. That's mm-hmm. almost 15 years of lifting weights now. So if, if yeah. you've just spent the last three years, you know, trying to get stronger, then it may take you a little bit longer to get there. So definitely, totally agree. So, well, we are exactly at 30 minutes right now. So you still one more question? We can go one more question just out. to to appease the. Uh, uh, the producers, the peanut gallery, and then then we'll be out. We'll do two questions today. Okay, so I've got we've got two options. We can either talk about 
Um, macronutrients as they pertain to training cycles or scapular function. I feel like we've already kind of hit on training, like scapular. We haven't really hit on scapular function, but we've we've talked about overhead position and things like that. So that's what the original question was pertaining to. So maybe let's talk a little bit about um, macros and caloric, caloric intake as sure. it pertains to the phase of training that you're in. Okay. Well, I think, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, I think this is going to the initial question came out because you were in a work capacity cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Some of our level three guys and you were telling them to take in more calories. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll just throw it to you first. What do you, what, what was, uh, what's the, what's the method behind the madness? Well, so I, uh, I really see it as, as twofold. Um, and again, this is kind of a, from a, a, a general standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think you can. I think you can just go down the rabbit hole on nutrition as far as it's concerned, um, and you can really kind of just uh, spin yourself silly. I'm not, that's not me saying it's it's not important, but when it comes to competitive training, um, you have to make sure that your your goals are matching each other so they're aligned. So, um, the simple concept, the simple original concept of energy in, energy out is kind of the basic thing that, that we're looking at in terms of the work capacity piece. Um, if we're doing a lot of conditioning, doing double days, um, spending a lot of time in these highly glycolytic and aerobic demanding workouts, um, your body needs fuel, right? And the your goal as an athlete to is should be to fuel that activity, to fuel that training. Nothing more, nothing less, right? Um, so when we look at that um, and we look at some of this more, again, this energy system work that is demanding glycolytically, um, what is the, the mode, what is the fuel that fuels those efforts? And it's simple. It's glucose. It's sugar, yeah. right? And so, um, so I think a mis common mistake people make in the CrossFit world is trying to tie – and I'm not saying it's uh, – so – Tying this paleo concept with this highly glycolytic demanding um, training cycle, right? And so, uh, and when I say paleo, let's let's take it a step further and let's take this like kind of beginner, like the type of paleo that you would, you would try to give somebody that was completely kind of overweight and um, transitioning from a very uh, standard Western diet where lots of refined carbohydrates and kind of junk food to more meats and veggies type type diet, okay? Um, and so when we try to extrapolate that over into higher performance type work, um, it's simply not enough calories to sustain the amount of work, right? And um, when we're going through this work capacity cycle, for you to be able to thrive and continue to, um, to, to layer the work on top of each other, you have to recover. You have to recover, and that's a huge part of it, is getting enough calories, getting enough of the, the carbohydrates in there um, to fuel the efforts so you can come back from those efforts and continue to, to like I said, put one workout on top of another, top of another, top of another, right? And so that quick acting, it's kind of like, it's almost like, like rocket fuel. It's like fueling a Ferrari or fueling a, like a turbo diesel, right? So you're going to have... Like that carbohydrates to me is that kind of fast acting, high energy stuff that we know if we're doing a high work capacity, highly demanding work capacity cycle, that we're going to be burning through that quick, 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 quick. And we're going to use that to recover where um, for more in this kind of strength phase, we, we're not your, your strength kind of aerobic base phase. Aerobic base work is, you know, basically fueled off oxygen. Strength work is, you know, it's ATP, CP, um, 
energy system work, if we're going to kind of put it into that category, um, it's basically less demanding from a glycolytic glucose standpoint. Yeah, Do you agree? Sure. No, definitely. I think that the biggest piece about um, when people are trying to look at athletic performance is we talk about sets and reps. We talk about, you know, intensity, volume, uh, in the cycles and the periodization for the year. Uh, and the reality is if you look at it, uh, nutrition is not uh, not excluded from that. I mean, you have to look at nutrition depending on your cycles. Um uh, to match up with whatever you're doing athletically. I mean, if you think of taking it to the pharmaceutical level when it comes to <laughs> sports performance or whatever else, right. that's literally putting substrates in your body at the specific times uh, to maximize adaptation for whatever cycle you're in. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, I think some people think, oh, I'm just going to take steroids. Well, that's so uh, maybe 80s, 90s. Now it's mm-hmm. different, uh, there's different drugs at different times on different days to match up what you're doing in the weight room or athletically. And it's the same thing with your nutrition. If you are in a work capacity cycle, um, you need the substrates to get the maximal adaptations and recovery uh, to fuel that training and to adapt from that training. It's not necessarily to survive the training, it's to actually adapt. Uh, I think people get lost on that. You can do the work, but you might not be adapting to the work. So I think nutrition in that sense is even more so for adaptation. Um, and then that changes too when you go to a strength cycle. Uh, you know, strength cycle, obviously we want more probably proteins. We want to make sure we have the right timing of the proteins. Um, you know, uh, you look at protein uh, synthesis or resynthesis usually happens every three hours. You need protein in your body every three hours, especially when you're in a heavy strength phase. And if you're doing double days, it's even more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if uh, we, look at, we look at athletes now who don't prepare uh, and we're talking about athletes, and this is even maybe our level tutors can benefit from this as well, is that once you get done working out, you have a 30 to 45-minute window to get in and maybe uh, some carbohydrates and some protein. Um, and that's by the simplest, on the simplest level. Not even talking about cycles. We're talking about a day. Uh, you know, and so it's huge when it comes to adaptation and seeing improvements, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there, there's, uh, you know, I, you know, I think that, to take take things to a little bit higher level as an athlete, um, just having a general understanding of, uh, you know, what is going to get you the best results based off of, you know, you know, it really it kind of comes down to a couple different things. There's basically three things in my mind. So stress, right, and stress management. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that kind of go into that. Um, kind of the, the nutrients and, and the, the nutrition side of it, and then the training, which actually the training is, is a part of the stress and stress management sure. side of things. Um, so, you know, if you look at uh, what your goals are, so what my goal was with my level three guys, right, my goal is to get them better in that um, work capacity uh, kind of eight to 12 minute to 20 minute time frame of steady work, right? Um, and so my goal specifically for them, and that's exactly why I said, hey, you guys need to make sure you're getting that, that the extra calories in, was is to improve that part of their athletic ability as it pertains to CrossFit, right? Sure. If your goal is to lose body fat, um, the prescription or the, uh, the recommendation is going to be different, sure. right? Um, so, you know, if you want to like kind of look at something that's opposite of that, you would say, look at like a bodybuilding type protocol where, um, you're doing a lot of weight training, you're doing some low level, uh, easy, non-stressful 
aerobic work and you're having a very low carb, kind of low fat yeah. intake, right? Yeah. And so those guys are the people that are the leanest in the world, right? Those guys know what they're doing, obviously. They're, you know, you know, all pharmaceuticals aside, even the ones that are doing it naturally, they are very, very lean, yeah, right? Um, that's, that's another thing, though, too, is that I think sometimes as athletes, I think they, they stress about being lean. Uh, but there's if you're talking about periodization and when you want to be the fittest, you can only hold for girls and guys a certain body percentage of, of being lean mm-hmm. for only so long. That's what creates a peak. Mm-hmm. Like your body can't be lean all year around. And I yeah. think that's like a, a misconception. People are like, well, no, I need to have a six-pack abs all year round. Uh no, if you're an athlete and you're worried about performance, uh, you want to be the leanest and the fittest at the same time. You yeah. don't need to be lean the whole year. Uh, sure. And so even when you're working capacity, guys, I know you're still working on strength and still building a good strength, strength foundation. Some of those guys who still need to keep muscle, they need to eat more just to retain muscle with the extra uh, expenditure on the energy side of the work capacity as well. So it's twofold. It's not just uh, obviously for work capacity. It's also for maintaining uh, strengthen and yeah, you know, main, as well. just being able to maintain that lean body mass sure. while you're going through that work capacity cycle. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, you know one of the another thing. Just I, I know we're kind of getting a little off topic here, but when you look at the mindset of the athlete, and you know, especially as we're going into uh, higher levels of athletics or competition, um, you know, you have to understand that your focus has to be on the task at hand. So guys that are very successful in sports are almost fanatical about how they're going to get to that next level, right? Sure. And so um, so it doesn't matter. Nobody's worried. You know, uh, Michael Jordan wasn't worried about what his body fat percentage was, right? You know, he was worried about, you know, being able to be the best basketball player ever. He was worried about being able to – um, to beat the guy in front of him. And he took all these different elements and he, he used those to, to, to give him that advantage and that very singular goal. Um, I think a mistake that athletes sometimes make is they, they look at these kind of ancillary things and they focus their attention on the ancillary thing. They say, I want to be, be the next Rich Froning, but I'm going to focus on being you know, 15% body fat or I want to be, you know, I want to be, Rich Froning and still go on the weekend and party. Yeah, or yeah, I mean, and even not even that, but like say, okay, I'm gonna just like focus on, you know, get my snatch better. Or, you know, there's there's all these auxiliary different things. There's a lot, especially in CrossFit. There's a ton of stuff that you have to improve on. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to figure out what's your ultimate goal and what's your ultimate um, your ultimate. Uh, you know, focus is what what you really want to get out of it, and you've got to put all your energy and come up with the, the components that are gonna that are gonna get you there. So, sure. um, so I, I, I caution folks on getting distracted. I guess you, you would say on ancillary things that you think are the main goal. Keep your main goal. Keep the the main goal, the number one thing that you want to accomplish. You know, keep that at the forefront at all times, and then you know you can kind of dovetail and, and, and create these kind of ancillary things to help you get there, not as the sole focus. Sure. And I think, though, that said, though, too, is that that is probably the hardest thing to do if you're looking to for athletic performance in the sense of 
you just mentioned Michael Jordan. There is very few people in this world that have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the hardest thing to do. I, I really do. I think uh, that road is lonely. Uh, there's probably times when Michael Jordan was the only one in the gym or the only mm-hmm. one doing that. Uh, you know, and, and for you to set aside your mindset different than the group uh, to achieve another level is hard to do. Everybody wants to follow the, the crowd. And, uh, and I really don't think Rich Cronin's probably worried about a six-pack right now. I think he's probably more worried about getting it work so that he yeah. can uh, go out and attack it when it comes to uh, July next year. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's huge, huge mind- mindset. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, stay course. Figure out what you want to do. And you don't even, it doesn't even have to be, you know. If, and I, I, you can take it from the other side. A lot of people come into the gym and, and you know, their, their goal is to – to, to lose weight and play with their kids and they kind of sure. get caught up in you know the the crossfit stuff and the competitive stuff's great but you know keep your uh, your primary goal at hand right so you can sure. keep everything else in, in context and uh and make sure that you're you're keeping that on the forefront and then uh using all this all the awesome kind of environment and opportunity and and coaching and things here at the gym to uh to help you get to that goal not to not to necessarily dictate what you, what your goal should be for sure exactly yeah so Cool. Um, well, hey, 40, 41 minutes, not bad, not bad. It wasn't under 30, but it was under, uh, under 45, under an hour, so right. we're getting better. Um, we'll see you guys in two weeks, and uh, make sure you come out to the pub run and the gymnastic stuff this week. Thanks.